0: Is it like just, like what, it's not just peanut butter, what else is in it? Okay. Like a Reese's Pieces? Hang
1: hang on one second. Okay. I'm going to, you're going to be able to see this live. Okay. Okay. Welcome to Cue the Mic.
0: Welcome back guys. Episode
1: 27.
0: 27. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
1: We're back from the Jack, back from the Jack Daniel's World Championship. If you didn't get a chance to listen to uh this week's episode, episode it, 26, it it was interesting. Was... It's probably it's probably better to go to YouTube and watch that mm-hmm. one. Than it is to listen to it if you get yeah. a chance because mm-hmm. it's you know, a lot. It, just, it, it was just trying to, you know, we had the famous Johnny Trigg, the Godfather of barbecue, popped in mm-hmm. unexpectedly, so we put him on camera, and then we had Blaine from Porky Butts, and then things really went to the shitter, literally, literally,
0: literally. But uh, lots of uh,
1: lots of fun. But Johnny Johnny just says what's on his mind, and so he
0: really does. <laughs> it's a lot like you
1: and he he means every bit of it so Uh yeah he's uh but an iconic guy in the world of barbecue Mm -hmm. and at 84 years old we're still blessed to to have him and and have him around and competing and just enjoying life so he's just as grumbly as he ever was you know, we've known Johnny mm-hmm. for twenty some years. And so he's just as grumbly as he ever was, but he's still uh we're just proud to call him good friends. And so with him and Trish, it was just lots of lots of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So definitely go listen to that. It's just from yeah. the Jack.
1: Yeah, watch it. Episode twenty six. Mm-hmm. Home from the Jack. Long track home on Sunday. Didn't get any calls mm-hmm. at the Jack, but that's okay. We still had fun. You know, we really um, didn't cook that well for some reason, just, just made little, I don't know. I just was not on my A game for some reason at the Jack and I probably should have been. But then again, people like, I've kind of got this lazad, lack, lackadaisical attitude about just, Hey, I'm there to have fun. It's all about the adventure and, and the adventure we had, we had, we had fun. It was beautiful weather but when it came down to cooking it was just like sherry's like yeah you kind of changed some things up a little bit you know at the last mm-hmm. minute so probably things i shouldn't done but you know everybody was calling me saying wow did you see that chicken table you hit you know you got 64th in chicken and first on the table was 50th well yeah i said well 64th was probably a pretty fair assessment of my chicken You know, I I ran it on a cooker. I wasn't paying as much attention as I should be. I got behind. I really had to switch it to another cooker. And I'm cooking chicken at 400 degrees, rushing to get it done. And I had this whole plan of what I wanted to do. And that all went to shit because the chicken wasn't done. And so when the chicken's not done, it's hard to finish the chicken the way I wanted it to finish. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just things happen. You know, my, my ribs were a little tight, which sometimes they got 18th. And you know, sometimes you get lucky with a tight rib. My pork was a little tight, um, and my brisket I thought was amazing. So, what, Emma? You can't yet. You, you you can't talk about pork being tight.
0: It was just the I'm an immature child, and when you said tight <laughs> rib, I just it just really threw me. I'm fine. Continue. Sorry.
1: <laughs> a tight, a tight, tight. rib. Is yeah. that something they say in no, the gym no. or what?
0: No, no, no. It just no. I yep. No, it's fine. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yep, anyway. it was a
1: tight rib, but brisket was brisket was amazing. I probably made a mistake. I cooked two two brisket flats. I didn't have any points that were they were way too marbled. So I said I'm not going to cook, but I was going to cook. I had two flats that were halfway decent, so I cooked one. I probably turned in the wrong one. Because the one that everybody tried was the one i didn 't turn in they 're like, "Oh my God, mm-hmm. this is amazing and i 'm like, "Oh shit, I turned in the wrong yeah. one so but yeah. anyway such as such is life. we had fun, we got to celebrate you know some of our friends got big calls to the stages some of uh some i don 't want to say the newcomers, but you know some people had only been to the jack two or three times uh one the team that took reserve, b macking out of out of california i think it was their first time to the jack so oh wow um yeah so anyway we were excited for them, just like we had won you know mm-hmm. so we got to congratulate them on the wager stage and hang out and talk a little bit and so um it was it was a lot of fun we had Good. overall a lot of fun long trip home on saturday mm-hmm. or sunday um uh, just you know it's just a a grind, you know, awards. They wanted to make sure after the royal debacle that the awards were correct. So they made them audit the scores four times. So the five o'clock awards turned into five thirty, five forty-five awards. And then, I mean, we're finishing up awards. It was like 8, 830 at night and we still got three or four hours we need to drive. So it was a, it was a late night, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: nonetheless, we're back, we're recovering, we're getting some good night's sleep. And so Now I'm trying to, I think we got the big barbecue trailer sold, so uh, I'm trying to get it unloaded and the pit off and everything so that we can get ready for a new trailer to come in and start the next season with.
0: Haven't you had that trailer for a long time?
1: Yeah, 10 years.
0: Wow. End of an era. 10
1: years. But, you know, we decided we need a little bit uh, more comfort. Sherry's, you know, in a goose neck. The bed's up in the goose neck, and it's with her knee. It's getting harder and harder for her to get in and out of bed, and it's not really that easy for me. Um, so we decided to kind of move to the motorhome, pull in a trailer. So we got a motorhome, and we're working on a trailer, and probably going to build another trailer for next year. And and off we go with a different setup. Time to go. Times are changing. Actually, we just want some more creature comforts at home, and. And more importantly, when Griffin and Headley start going, we got a place that they can go run around. And when mm-hmm. we're not competing, we can maybe take one of them or two of them and go camping and do some fun things. So,
0: yeah, good investment.
1: Multi multi purpose.
0: Yeah, good deal.
1: So anyway, so now we're so- uh, now we're back. Now we're yeah trying to get ready the first thing you hit you in the face after the jack every year is is holiday meats. Yeah. Well first you walk in the back door and find out what's broken. I got one smoker that I worked on for a few hours yesterday just trying to figure out we got we got an airflow problem something's not Something's not burning right. So and I've still got it. It's mm. just taking too long to cook. The temperature's fine, but I don't have some airflow. So I was on the huh. phone with old Hickory yesterday trying to troubleshoot everything, which I had already troubleshooted. So we're gonna have to tear it down deep and trying to figure out do I have something a little off. So but it's hard to do when smokers run twenty four seven. It's hard to especially this time yeah. of year with catering's crazy, just trying to find time to take down a smoker for three or four hours so that I can work on it. So yeah. But we'll get her done. That's on the agenda for the rest of the week. So but then that, holiday meets just hopefully we'll holiday have that meets. out. And for those that don't know, I mean we holiday meet time is a huge, huge mm-hmm. uh year. I mean I think last year we did three hundred and forty two mm-hmm. holiday meat orders. And an order may be a turkey or a ham, or it may be a full meal or dinner sliced turkey and ham. And so it's just crazy. And people are chomping at the bit. You know, the early, some people have been calling September 1st. As soon as they heard the word Mm -hmm. fall, they start thinking about it. But the majority of the people wait until the day before Thanksgiving and, hey, can I get a turkey? No, No. You know, so we try and... You know, get the stuff out as early as possible, which we've got a month before cutoff. So it, it's good timing to get it out. And But, of course, with that, we have all the, you know, not only do you have to get the menus out, but you got to get the online ordering all set up. you got yeah. um, to get all our st- inside. we got to promote it. we got to get the processes mm-hmm. down and everything. We've been doing yeah. it for a long time, but every year we have some different kinks. Yeah. Um, that are thrown in the puzzle and we're trying to make things better. And and this year we got different sized yeah. turkeys. You know, last year, mm-hmm. boys, our turkeys were too small at 12 to 14 pound. Last year we came in at 16 to 20s. They were too big of turkeys. They took too long to cook. And so now this year we've got our ultimate 14 to 16 pound birds coming in. So, but limited supply. As so, always. As always, so we've got to get people on the, get this out there so they can get on the stick, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, but holiday meats, holiday meats. So a, a lot of questions that we get, and I know we've covered some of this in the past, but yeah. a lot of questions we get is how much meat, how much, and I thought maybe we could start there, you know, is mm-hmm. because I did some yield testing myself on turkeys last year because people buy a whole turkey when I say I buy a 15 pound turkey well when I did the yield testing on it people will be surprised that because really what I knew what people need to know is hey I've got a a 14 pound turkey or a 15 pound turkey how Hmm. many people will that feed you know and like in normal catering you know the Everything will jump. You know, a third of a pound is kind of a normal serving if you've got some heavy eaters, a half of a pound. So we try and get everything down to ounces. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're somewhere between five to eight ounces is a typical serving. But when you look at kids, you know, you got to look at kids because kids don't eat as much mm-hmm. and some teenagers eat a bunch. You kind of got to look at your guest list, which is probably easier from a Thanksgiving standpoint because you know who they are. You know that Uncle Johnny is going to be eat a pound of turkey and you know that, you know, somebody else is just going to put a little on their plate. So, you know, the way to do that is just kind of add up ounces. Right. So uh, a small eater is going to eat four ounces. A big eater is going to eat a half a pound, you know, and so you start adding those up. 16 ounces a pound, and then you figure out, okay, now of all the yield testing I've done on turkey, 32% is my number. And, and I know as a smaller turkey, will yield a little bit better than that, but those bigger birds that we did last year yielded 32%. So that means if I take a 15-pound turkey, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm going to get my calculator out here, but if we do a 15-ounce turkey times 32%, That's 4.8 pounds of meat. Okay? Mm -hmm. So 4.8 pounds of meat out of a 15-pound bird. Now, you may get five, five five-and-a-half. You may get a little less. But, you know, I'm going to say that 15-pound bird, just rough average is going to give you five pounds of meat. So when you talk Mm -hmm. about five pounds of meat, 16 ounces in a pound, that's 80 ounces. And then you can start going to your guest list and say, okay, if – maybe five ounces is, you know, a a great number, you know, it's not the smallest portion, but it's kind of a nice balance. That means that's going to get about 16 people out of that, out of that bird. You know, so I think that's what you have to look at. And most people in the, you know, in the regular thing going, how much do I need? How much do I need? Yeah. We'll just kind of figure what it's going to yield. You know, I like 32% Mm -hmm. as a number uh, from a turkey because we cook a lot of turkeys and we've pulled a lot of turkeys and just cooking them. And and you may get higher if you're injecting it and putting a lot of stuff in that turkey. You may gain some weight there and you may get up to six pounds out of that 15 pound bird. But on average, you're probably going to get close to five pounds. Get her into ounces, figure out... How many ounces per pound, you know, um, a, a very small eater is going to eat four ounces. A big eater is going to eat eight ounces and just kind of figure out what that is, And you know, from a turkey standpoint. Ham's kind of a different story. Um yeah. We actually do a boneless ham. Yeah. Um, it's actually a, a real, it's a very good Smithfield ham. That they've mechanically pulled the bone out of and then pressed, so it's still got all that beautiful intermuscular fat mm-hmm. um, that's comes with the ham. So it's not a it's not a processed chopped ham that's actually had you know they just put it in a chopper and then they put it in a press and form it together, and it is the same exact thing. It's actually a really nice bone in ham that's had the bone removed. Mm -hmm. And when we're figuring ham, you know, when you cook that ham, you know, we're going to probably lose 80% of it. So if I, or I'm going to lose 20% of it just in water weight of the ham cooking out. So if I'm cooking a 10 pound ham, I'm going to have eight pounds of ham on a boneless ham. But Mm -hmm. what's probably easier on the ham is, and and all the research I do says, hey, on a boneless ham, you need a third pound of meat. On a bone-in ham, you need a half pound of meat, you know, per person. So a 10-pound ham bone-in will feed, you know, 10, half pound is going to feed 20 people on a 10-pound ham, where Hmm. it's going to feed almost 30 people on a boneless ham. Okay. Does that make
0: sense? I think so.
1: So, anyway, try and get that portion size if you have no clue, work five to six ounces, sixteen ounces in a pound, five to six ounces. Mm-hmm. make sure you forget that you're gonna lose some of it when you cook it you know mm-hmm. uh, all that all that juice in the bottom of the the pan is weight, you know, so you just gotta mm-hmm. pay attention to yields and that's that's true with briskets and if you're doing pork butts and everything else i mean. Full briskets probably yield 35% by the time you trim all the fat off of them and stuff. A pork butt is around average 50%. You might get 55% out of a pork butt, but, you know, you're going to lose half of it in the smoker. I mean, that's the problem with the barbecue world. That's why mm-hmm. barbecue is so expensive because whatever you're paying in price, you're only going to be able to serve half of it. So if you got comments about... You know, turkeys and hams and portions and what to serve. You know, leave Leave us in the comments. Yep. Leave them quick, though, because Emma's on her way overseas.
0: Oh. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I am on my way overseas.
1: She gets but... to go to
0: Italy. Italy. Yes.
1: Italy. I wonder if yeah. she'll bring me back a present.
0: Probably will. Actually, I probably won't. I don't even think I brought my mom back a present last time. Yeah,
1: that's okay. I'm not big into presents. But anyway, so continuing on with our our conversation, because Mm -hmm. like any caterings, holiday meals are the same exact thing. We're going to follow rules. We're going to follow rules that say if you're serving potatoes or mac and cheese, you're probably going to serve six ounces. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once again, simple math for everybody, 16 ounces in a pound six ounces per portion. Okay. So, and you can, you can increase those or decrease those, but that's going to give you enough that you're not going to run out. Now pay attention. If you got kids, kids aren't going to eat as much. So right. kind of throw them off to the side or take them totally out of the equation because you're probably going to make them chicken nuggets anyway. Right. Or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's I the was way it always works. told
0: I just have to, Eat what's given or eat what's in front of me.
1: Well, yeah, but when you got the two and three and four-year-olds running around. I guess maybe. You're going to make them chicken nuggets or mac and cheese. So, you know, just kind of remember that as you go into the portions. But when you're talking vegetables, you're talking three ounces a person. But one of the things you got to remember, and also when the catering standpoint is that try and put everything on a plate. You know, mm-hmm. so if you take your take your five or six ounces of turkey, or three ounces of turkey and three ounces of ham, because you want to split those numbers, if you're yeah. serving both, and mm-hmm. and take your six ounces of mashed potatoes and you know gravy. Once again, I'd figure three ounces of gravy. You know, so mm-hmm. think of thirty two ounces in a quart of gravy, sixteen ounces in a pint. So sure. three ounces of gravy should give you plenty to put on your potatoes, on your stuffing, and a little on your turkey. So. Three ounces is probably a pretty solid number, some people say just a third of a cup per person gravy um, and it just depends right so oh you got what
0: I'm thinking about Thanksgiving dinner now
1: <laughs> i know I, i'm sitting I was sitting there thinking about uh, sage dressing, you know my oh gosh my my my, my mother-in-law is not a very good cook. And she knows and she knows she's not a good cook, right yeah, and, but her the one thing that she can make that she nails it every time that I love
0: mm-hmm.
1: is sage dressing now, mm-hmm. I'll eat sage dressing any different way you want it, okay, it can be gooey, it can be like <laughs> bread pudding, or it can be, but she like overcooks the sage dressing so it 's like very not dry, but dry. Mm -hmm. And it's so good. I mean, just that's one thing that she nails all year long. And and I we have dinner at her house every Sunday. And I do most of the cooking. And sometimes she but it's like as the years have went on, the sage dressing is the daddy O. And so it's like, hey, you making the dressing? You making the dressing? We like her we let her make the dressing. It's so good that even Sherry likes it. Oh, wow. Which is amazing because Sherry yeah. wouldn't normally eat dressing.
0: Right. Hmm.
1: But it's important, like catering, you know, we have these conversations all the time that um, think of your imaginary plate. You can only fit so much on a plate. Yeah. Right? So don't do six ounces of mash and six ounces of this and six ounces of this and pretty soon add that up. And are no. people really going to eat three pounds of, me- three pounds no. of food? No. No. Now at Thanksgiving, people are probably gonna eat a good pound of food, maybe a mm-hmm. pound and a half for the big eaters.
0: Yeah, because some people have more than one in a day, even, so Right. You gotta think about that too.
1: And plus you gotta save room for dessert.
0: Oh yeah, pie. Pie.
1: What's your All the pies? What's your uh what's your pie of choice, Emma?
0: Lemon meringue.
1: Lemon meringue.
0: Yeah, it's the only pie I eat actually.
1: Really. Mm-hmm. So
0: I don't like pumpkin pie. I might have an apple pie. That's it. Lemon meringue and apple, but I don't do any of the other ones.
1: So so one of the special things about going to the Jack is mm-hmm. the Jack's only about an hour, hour and a half away from Big Bob Gibson's in Decatur, Alabama. Mhm. And Big Bob Gibson's has the most amazing pies. And their signature pie is a peanut butter pie. Okay. So uh, imagine. Is it, like,
0: is it like just like what is not just peanut butter? What else is in it? Okay. Like a Reese's hang, Pieces? Hang,
1: hang on one second.
0: Okay.
1: I'm gonna, you, you're going to be able to see this live. Emma. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, Darren's getting his pie. What's up, everybody? It's Emma.
1: I'm getting a pie. You can talk to it. So I'm I'm gonna show you this pie. It's it's can you hear? You'll be able to get the experience out oh, You it. definitely can. <laughs> because so okay. check out this pie. Okay. So this pie this pie is a, is it, a regular a, crust and yep. it's got a chunky peanut butter on the on the bottom.
0: Like a layer of the, it?
1: A layer of chunky peanut butter. Okay. And then it has a layer of like custard.
0: Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah.
1: And then this most beautiful meringue.
0: Yeah, that looks delicious.
1: The the beautiful meringue. And then on top, they have toasted peanuts all over the top. Yeah, shavings. So for those of you that are listening to this on Spotify, you really need to go to YouTube and see this pie. Yeah. Because this pie is truly amazing. It looks good. And so... I won't take the time to put it back. I might take the time to get a fork, <laughs> but it yeah. is like the crazy good pie.
0: Yeah, that looks good. It's, yeah. I see. I, the, I don't, I don't know how I feel about custard filling though. And I'm not much of a peanut butter person. Now if it had like some chocolate and tasted like a Reese's pieces, I'm um, game on, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know. Just do I have to say
1: butter. that, 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 Big Bob Gibson's peanut butter pie is probably my all-time favorite. It's the pie that you would drive five hours out of the way to eat a slice.
0: Sounds like you do.
1: Well, we actually had Anella from Snake River bought a bunch of pies, right? Mm-hmm. And she she brought them up to us, and, and she was kind of distributing them out, but she was at our site, so she had like five or six pies. And, of course, I saw the peanut butter and put it in my refrigerator. In the front, so everybody would forget about it. Well, everything got into it, and we never had pie. Well, Blaine from Porky Butts, they grabbed one of the pies, thinking they're all peanut butter pies,
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: get home that night, and they call back and say, what What? what the hell? We got lemon meringue. That sounds right? like a dream come true. And they're like, they're mad that they didn't have the peanut butter pie, and I said, well, uh, I don't see any peanut butter pie, huh? That's Interesting. <laughs> Well, it was just in the front of my RV in the refrigerator making this a trip back to Iowa. So
0: Blaine, if you listen, you so stole it.
1: I stole it. But that, that peanut butter pie, I'm telling you, we got that peanut butter pie last Thursday.
0: Oh, yeah. And that's had, holding up
1: and I, well. And I had the first slice of it last mm-hmm. night. I had the first yeah, two man. slices last night. Don't tell anybody. But it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's like... Yeah. Game changer.
0: Yeah, that's the lemon meringue pie you kind of have to eat pretty fresh or it gets
1: weird. Gets, yeah. I'm not sure what these, they have these old ladies who come in and make pies every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. So I'm not that's sure what they're, what they're do doing.
0: My grandma yeah. makes some mean pies. And then my mom. I don't really eat anybody's pie besides a family members. My grandma's or my mom's. Yeah. We haven't talked about my mom a lot lately but she used to yeah, be a what, professional baker what's up baker. with that she's a know. professional baker she used to be she's retired yeah. but she's retired she, she makes some mean pies but, yeah
1: <laughs> what's her best mm. pie
0: lemon meringue i don't i don't know i again i don't eat very many of them but i her lemon meringue is my favorite but she doesn't make it very often it's kind of it's pretty time consuming um, right. She makes pretty good apple pie, though.
1: That's one thing I've never made. I may have and to learn how to make meringue.
0: I do believe her pumpkin pie is pretty good, and pecan. My brother loves pecan pie, which is not what I, you'd think not if you knew my brother. But... I,
1: I, I like pecan pie too. So yeah, that's let a big. Let's know one what in your favorite house. pie is. I feel like we've turned into Leave the, the pie episode. We're just right? talking.
0: Yeah, we really haven't talked just, lately. So we're just
1: talking like we. <laughs> like we need to. So, anyway, but mm-hmm. holiday meals. And another thing that people ask a lot about. Uh-huh. is and let's switch gears. Kind of related, not related, but the catering the art of retherm.
0: Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz that's another comment that we get a lot about. Yep. That people want to know how do I do it? And and we'll we'll wind back in time. Okay, so you take us back to 2006 when Sherry and I opened mm-hmm. our first catering business. Mm-hmm. It, everything we thought, everything had to be fresh. Everything had to be 100% fresh. And I'm not against having one everything 100% fresh, but it's really hard to scale doing that. So, for instance, back then, you know, at 5 o'clock at night, I'd go, to, I'd go to Sam's Club and I'd buy pork butts or I'd buy brisket. And I'd go mm-hmm. home and I'd trim them and I'd season them and I'd put them on the smoker. And mm-hmm. they would smoke all night long. I'd get up in the morning. I'd check them. I'd wrap them. And then either I would come home at lunch or Sherry would come home at lunch and we would pull the pork, put it in a pan. We'd slice the brisket right quick put it in a pan. We may have in the morning, we may have put beans on the smoker or whatever, and we go deliver this over lunch. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did for a year. And that's a great way to do that, except for if you have to have five different events, that's almost impossible. Right. You know, so when I talk to a lot of potential restaurant tours, people that want to be in the catering business Mm -hmm. or people that want to be in the Restaurant business, catering business, whatever, the whole secret to scaling is the art of retherm. Okay. So right. I take a mentality that we don't serve the best barbecue in the world. Okay. And I'll be the first right. to say this
0: mm-hmm.
1: we serve the most consistent barbecue in the world. So what you have to do is you have to figure out. How to do that. So if you're making, for instance, with meat, there's multiple ways to do this. Okay, yep. so you can cook meat ahead of time. Um, some people cryovac it. We cryovac it. Now, according to our health department, we can leave meat in a cryovac for 48 hours without having to have a fancy HACCP plan. And a HACCP, H-A-A-C-P, HACCP plan means I have to monitor every single temperature along the way. So I have to, I have to, when I order it, when pork comes in the door, I have to measure the temp, I have to log it. When the pork comes out and goes in the cooker, I have to log it. When it comes out of the cooker, I have to log it. When I cool it down every two hours, I have to log it. And we have That's- to, it's just the biggest pain in the ass in the world. Yeah. So okay. in order to avoid doing that, mm-hmm. they said, well, and I found I found it in the code. I found the loophole in the code that says they're worried about different, I don't want to say botulisms, but organisms, whatever, grow in oxygen-deprived meat packaging. Oh. Oxygen-deprived packaging, which means vacuum sealing. Mm-hmm. Now, do I believe that? Hmm, I'm not sure that that many things grow, but the scientists do it. So, But they don't start to grow until 48 hours. Mm-hmm. So we have a deal with our health department that every catering that we do like our normal process today is pork is coming out of the cooker this morning. Mhm. We're going to process it. We're going to pool it. We're going to cool it down. Okay, and we have big blast chillers to do this. So we're we're very efficient in getting thousands, hundreds, if not thousands of pounds of meat cooled down within two hours. Okay, so that's a big challenge for a lot of people that don't have that type of equipment. So Mm -hmm. they're either putting it in a bag, in a cooler, trying to get it cooled down, or trying to put it in a refrigerator, commercial refrigerator. Somehow, in order to be safe for the customer, you got to get that below 40 degrees in four hours. Okay, very tough in a small operation. Okay, very tough to do. Whether, you know, most people would just say, you know, throw it in a Ziploc bag and throw it in an ice bath and get it cooled down. That's probably going to be as efficient as you could be um, to get it cooled down. You can't just go take 20 pounds of pork and throw it in your refrigerator at home because it would be 24 hours by the time that got cooled down. And it's hard to even do that in a commercial refrigeration. Now, if you have a walk-in cooler, you can get it almost done. By then, but it's still not going to be fast enough for food safety. And that's numero uno when it comes to serving customers is food safety. Don't want anybody getting sick. You read about that all the time. You re- re- read about people getting sick. So you got to cool down the meat. You got to vacuum seal it. So some people reheat it. Some people will take out pork, pull it, put it in a pan and they will put um, saran wrap over the pan and kind of suck it down because air is your problem, okay? It's not about when it comes to reheating stuff. Air is your biggest problem. Mm -hmm. So if you take the air out and can get it cooled down, so let's say you got a half pan of pork, and you put a piece of saran wrap and kind of create a seal and then Mm -hmm. cover that up, then when you go to retherm it, then there's no air, and so the pork's going to maintain its pink color and everything. Same with brisket, same with everything else. It's just going to be better. Mm-hmm. So the key is you've got to figure out how to do that. And Thanksgiving's one of those things. We've found mm-hmm. that people only have so much oven space, right? So you right. need to be able to be creative when it comes to Thanksgiving. So you got to figure out what's going to take the longest and what's going to hold the longest. So as you're making your mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes could sit on the counter for an hour or two hours and they'd be fine, right? Cover them up, keep them warm, whatever, but some of the vegetable stuff you want done right away. So it's all a matter of timing. There's probably Mm -hmm. a whole episode there on the timing of a Thanksgiving meal, but your meat's going to be just fine. When that turkey gets done, that turkey can get done and go in a cooler, no ice, with some towels and sit there for three, four, five hours, and it's just going to make that turkey better. Same with huh. your ham. You know, so if you got a chance to hold it. I feel like we're kind of bouncing around there, but this whole you've got to figure out your system on how you do it. If you're mm-hmm. gonna make beans, you don't wanna make beans by the pan. You wanna make enough a big batch of beans. Even if you're not gonna use them all for two or three days, it's fine. It's just beans. Mm-hmm. Same with potato casserole, right? So potato casserole, you gotta or a cheesy potato or something. Don't try and make one pan, try and make a batch. And then you're yeah. just portioning them out and going. So that's going to, you know, that's going to be the key. If you ever want to grow the catering business, that's going to be a a key is you got to figure out how to retherm and how to retherm effectively. Whether if your health department allows crowvac, I know I know people that cook pork or brisket and slice mm-hmm. it, cool it down, crowvac it and put it in the freezer. And then the day then the day before they are gonna serve it to a customer, they take it out of the freezer. They put it in the are we keeping you up, Emma? I saw That's, that yawn.
0: It's fine. Yeah, this is interesting. Sorry.
1: But really so funny. so they'll freeze it, they'll take it out and they'll thaw it out, and then you can take that cryovac bag and you can wrap it in a piece of tin foil, put it in an oven or a smoker for two hundred and fifty degrees, and cook it for about two and a half hours. And you take it out. If it's frozen, probably going to take a little bit more. But take it out. And I guarantee that cryovac method, if your health department will let you get away with it, is going to be the most effective and most consistent way that you can cater. I mean, Mm -hmm. we built a $3 million catering business on cryovac meat and making the sides the day before and heating them up the next day. Right now, if we were just going to slice brisket to order and pull pork and chicken, there's no way you could ever do the amount of business that we do. So, even though you're small, you need to think about it because if you have any intentions of growing, any intentions at all of growing, you've got to figure out how to be consistent from day one. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the entire secret to in a catering business. I see so many guys that. Are like, how can I, I can only cook this much meat. You know, I can't cook. I need to serve 500 and I only have enough capacity to serve 400. Well, that's okay. Cook it all for two to two or three days ahead of time. Get it cooled down and then re-thermit the day of the event and you're going to be great. And everything's going to be consistent and the
0: same. Right on. Right on. Anything right else on. we didn't, anything else we didn't cover there? Actually. No. Because we kind of went off a comment with this whole holiday meets and catering topic, and it looks like you hit all of his questions. It's, just, it's just Big it's O's just portions, Backyard Barbecue.
1: Right? Who was it?
0: It was Big O's Backyard Barbecue. He yeah. Commented on yeah. YouTube. Well, that's
1: the that's the people I'm talking to at competitions. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that are yeah. one asking the questions because that's that's really the target of this whole thing. Yeah, this yeah. this isn't about promotion of Smoky D's or Darren. No. This isn't about My signing on ego. sponsors. We have none. This Got is it. really about sharing the knowledge that we've learned in the barbecue business over thirteen years that allow us to scale our operations and we've made a lot of mistakes over the years but mm-hmm. we're pretty damn good at it now now are we the best barbecue in the world not a chance i can cook the best barbecue in the world we right? are consistent but we are very consistent and that's the key to anything you do so you know if, if you're open a catering business find the bun find the, the bun that you're going to serve Put the amount of meat that you think's going to look good on that bun, and there's your portion size of meat. If there's too much meat, get a smaller bun, right? But find your bun and use that bun every single time. If you have a recipe, don't throw out random barbecue sauces that people gave you as samples and use them. Find a barbecue sauce and use it. Now you know if you if you have a commercial barbecue sauce you like, or if you're interested in Smoky D's barbecue sauce, we unlabel it. We'll put our label on any barbecue sauce. So if you want if you want to you know, have a whole line of mild, sassy, fiery barbecue sauces. Also, you sauces and you buy a label and put over the top of it, and now you have your own barbecue sauce. That's how the world works, right? Most. Not everybody makes their own, and nobody really cares about your grandma's barbecue sauce recipe. If it takes six hours to make, it's not going to be very efficient to use in the catering operation. There's a lot of things that I would love to do from a catering standpoint, but you just got to make it work. And, you know, the sooner you get over the... Hey, this is a family recipe. It's all about making it easy. You gotta make it super, super easy. Cause if it's easy, then you can do more and more and more and you can grow your business. And yeah. if you don't want to grow your business, that's fine. You're probably not going to last very long in the catering business. But be all about consistent. Be consistent in everything that you do, down to the latch, paratong, spatula, which we got a people for that too. But you know. Just you do the same thing. Whether you're delivering 15-person catering today or two weeks from now, it needs to look exactly the same when the customer gets it. That's what they want. That's why, I think we've said this before, that's why McDonald's is famous. Yeah, right? McDonald's is famous before. because you you get the same exact thing every single time. Now, the problem with today's world is it's wrong half the time. But, when I get the Big Mac, the Big Mac is still tastes like a big Mac, even though it's half the size that it used to be, and it costs twice as much.
0: You know who's consistent right? on his complaints about that you what what's that you're consistent on your complaints about that i am I am. <laughs> Pretty sure I have an audio clip from another episode that's that said exact same sentence.
1: Same exact thing. Yeah, I mean, it just—you can't mess with success, right? We've had success, and and the devil is in the details, and that's why. So mm-hmm. you know, if you can take one thing away, besides how much turkey to buy, and whatever, be consistent.
0: Yep, and that is the motto for this podcast. Always,
1: consistency is the key.
0: Consistency is the key. Anything yeah. else going on? I don't know. I'm yeah. I leave. So next week's episode we will have a special guest host, aka most likely Randy Twyford, right?
1: Most likely Randy Twyford. He doesn't know so, that yet, but
0: everybody can look forward to that. Um, I'm gonna be not so sure, excited. Not sure
1: what we're gonna talk about. Maybe we'll yeah. have a critique Emma pod no cuz uh, Emma's still going to I got to watch <laughs> Emma's, it Emma Emma's still going to uh
0: I'll decide if I publish that or not
1: <laughs> Okay no. I got to go work on a smoker
0: I got to go make your prep videos
1: Yeah, we're doing a, so that, trying to be con- trying to be consistent. We're yeah. we're making a whole line of prep videos for all our cuz almost all our side dishes are made from scratch. And in order to keep up with consistency with employees, so that everybody's doing it the same exact way, Emma's producing some videos for us, and we're shooting videos on how to make all, so we can sit down an employee and say, "Watch this video, then make that video, make that stuff." So we're consistent because consistency is the key. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. In the meantime, right. I'm yeah. Out. In the meantime, we hit over a hundred subscribers on YouTube but we can't stop there we're trying for 200 now so go to youtube no, subscribe to 5, our channel we're trying for 5000 come on well hey baby steps 100 at a time but okay. uh go subscribe to us on youtube at q the mic um so you can yeah watch all these videos definitely go watch the one from the jack it's just chaotic uh but it's fun um
1: it's fun we had a lot of fun doing that
0: yeah and then if you're on YouTube, you can also find us on podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those. Um, and then you can follow us on Instagram, X, Threads, and TikTok at Cue the Mic. Um, sometimes I post sneak peeks of episodes coming out so you guys can get a is it, little taste is it of what's coming. To be,
1: is it supposed to be X formerly Twitter? Is that how yeah. they formally say that?
0: Thing? I don't know. If
1: it's still Twitter.
0: It's still Twitter. I think I said X this time. Normally, I just yeah, say Twitter. you did. You did. We're improving with the times. Okay. Good. Yeah, I think that's my whole shebang. Well, give until us a rating if you want. Yeah, yeah until five next stars. Week.
1: If you don't think it's a five star, then call me personally and <laughs> tell me it's why it's not a five star.
0: Yeah, we don't like anything under the five star reviews. Um, but yeah, until next week. Uh, I can't wait to listen to it for the first time as I produce it or as I edit it. It's going to be so much fun. RIP to my ears. Uh, Yeah. See you guys next week. See ya.